The following episode of Fofop is rated MA. It contains alternating hosts, a rotating roster of guests, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15, or anyone who came here looking for one of those highbrow NPR-type podcasts. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deeg speaking. Welcome to Fofop. I am Will Anderson and guest Charlie, Justin Hamilton. Yes, it's a Hamofop. Hello. Hello. Look, I have to give you a warning up front that I think I made a bit of a mistake because we were meant to be recording half an hour earlier and you changed the time on me like as if I've got nothing to do in lockdown. Oh, sorry, I don't. That, so it was fine. And I thought I'm going to do the cleaning today. So what I did was I put stuff on the carpet to let it you know soak through and then after this i'll do the vacuuming uh, but what i've also forgot is that i have to close the door so there's no noise and all i need is if one of my eyes goes a bit droopy or my mouth kind of looks like it's salivating because i can smell burnt toast can you warn me and i'll go and open the door yeah okay i understand <laughs> <laughs> so the reason that i delayed it half an hour was actually also cleaning related because i was vacuuming the house and oh i got God. to the point where I was like, I started just vacuuming a couple of rooms and then yep. I was going to do the other rooms later and then I realized that would just really annoy me. Yeah. Like I got up this morning, I washed the dishes, I did all my yep. laundry, I cleaned the pool yep. and like if I had just vacuumed the house, then all my cleaning is done and I was yep. just like, you know what? Justin will be fine. I'll push it back yep. half an hour. I'm going to finish vacuuming the house. Then I'm going to dive into the pool for the first time. See if, right. see if it's warm enough. To, yep. to swim in. And the answer to that, Justin, is absolutely not. It's fucking freezing. Oh, You're right. <laughs> it's a shame. It's sunny Suddenly out very awake. <laughs> <laughs> and now I can only hear in my left ear. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's gone. You're done. <laughs> You're going to be old <laughs> one ear ando from now on. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> one of the weirdest cowboys of all time. By the way, I, people could have been forgiven for thinking that they'd tuned into some weird sex kink uh, podcast then two middle-aged men talking about doing house cleaning on a Saturday oh, tell me more about that oh mate I bought a new pool cleaner this week like I am here we go strap yourself in kids <laughs> so shit is about to get hot open that window <laughs> I um I have a bad pool which is a very middle class complaint. But yeah, right. Well, maybe you should send it to a better school. Yeah, so yeah, that's right. I've got to send it away to boarding school. Where'd your pool go? It's not here. It's not here nine months of the year now. It's learning how to be a better pool. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I thought that I should, instead of treating my bad pool like a bad pool, maybe that I need what the bad pool needed was more love. You know, sometimes if right. your dog is behaving badly, you're just not walking it enough. Right. And so I thought, well, maybe I need to walk my pool more regularly. Maybe I need to show it some love. Maybe I need to go back to when we first fell in love. I need to date my pool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Got to spend some money on my pool. I got to buy my pool something fancy. So I went on the World yep. Wide Web, the internet, as they're calling it these days. And, oh, yeah. And I ordered a um, quite fancy pool cleaner. And, right. And uh, it <laughs> What's his name? <laughs> Gavin. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why I said Gavin too. That's weird. That's Amy's brother's name. I know. <laughs> it's like a that's real, a real, real weird one to pull in that moment. 
Maybe he started a business. He works out. Going to be his first You know what? Client. He's a gardener, so like yeah, you could also claim sense. your pool. No, no doubt about it. But maybe this Gavin is spelt differently as well. Oh yeah, a double V. Yeah, yeah, and, that's and what I no thought. I. Oh, none whatsoever. Yeah, oh, it's G double V N, but it, <laughs> yeah. but you call it Gavin. Yeah, yeah, and it's general velocity. I'm not. I'm not going to have enough of these. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> Vorta. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> nice enough. <laughs> Yeah, we got there. <laughs> We're on fire, but we got there. <laughs> so um, it has an app on your phone what? where you can start your pool cleaner from anywhere. So if I was somewhere else and I wanted to clean the pool, I could, and the robot would clean the pool. Now, it's not quite as impressive as it sounds because technically between each pool cleaning, you get the robot out of the water, you clean it out, you pack it away. You don't leave it in the pool all the time. So... There is no function where it wheels itself over to the pool, plugs itself in, and then starts its cycle. So it's quite a useless function unless the robot is already in the pool. But I guess if I was out for the day and I wanted to clean my pool, I I, I can't quite work out what the value of this app is. (laughs) (laughs) The more you talk, the more I'm confused. (laughs) So I'm like, well, why wouldn't I just put it on in the morning? I guess if I'm I'm away for two or three days. Maybe I'm away for two or three days. I can leave right. the robot in the pool while I'm away and I can clean the pool remotely. Right. Do you think I will ever do that? No. Absolutely 100% not. It's weird that I even downloaded the app in the hope that I would. <laughs> I'm pretty certain after this podcast, that'll be the last time you ever think of this. Well, because there is another way that you can just turn it on. There's a big round button in the middle of it, which is clearly the yep. only button. So you push that and it does its job. I'm a one-button guy. Yeah. I like that. I like a button that just does everything that you need it to do, and it just depends on when you press it. So, like, what part of the cycle that is. I don't mean, you know, quarter past 11. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see what happens. Would you have more interest in this pool cleaner if it looked like a certain object or a person? Oh, no, no, no. It, it has quite a... I mean, in, in as much as a, a pool cleaner can have a personality, it has a personality. It looks like... It, is it sassy? No, it's um, kind of apocalyptic. Like, it's what? plastic, So, but if you imagined it was made out of, say, you know, old car parts or whatever in the same design and shape, you'd be like, oh, oh yeah. right, Fury Road. Right. Like, it's got these kind of, like, very industrial rollers on the bottom of it. And the idea of it, it, it can go up all the walls and clean. Like it, So it kind of has this very sort of, like, futuristic, all-terrain sort of feel to it. So, like, it climbs up the sides of the pool and cleans in bits. And so it just is this kind of, like, you know, like, it is quite <laughs> impressive. Yeah. I feel like you're talking like, about I mean, down. if you had enough magic mushrooms and you just watched it for a while... It'd be like watching that new Matrix trailer. <laughs> yeah, check this out. <laughs> Matrix cleaner. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That, um, yeah. No, now I understand why you downloaded the app because that does feel like at some point you're going to accidentally get interested in something beyond the one button. Yeah, I guess that there is a possibility. Yeah. The more that I talk about it, the more that I... I mean, I liked it enough that I'm going to register it because it has like a four-year warranty or whatever it has. Like, right. And I was like, I like this thing. Right. Maybe I should for the first time ever in my life register for a warranty because yeah. <laughs> I don't want it. I already don't want it to break. Right. Seems like a big step. Are you prepared to make this <laughs> commitment? <laughs> like, It's yeah. only been a little while. 
Age 47, nearly 50. Am I willing to finally make a commitment to a long-term warranty? I think I am. <laughs> well, like, you know, I'm proud of you. <laughs> COVID's changed me. Did you it's watch like The Matrix? Down. Did you watch The Matrix trailer, by the way? Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it's so funny. The parts of it that I, like, I really enjoyed it and it made me very hopeful. And I was, I was surprised at, how rapt I was to be back in that universe. Like I was a bit, oh, they're making a new Matrix. Yeah, fine. You know, I'm like a lot of people. The first one's great. Second and third kind of lose their way a bit. But, you know, they're bombastic and they're original and I like that about them. And, and you know, that's kind of where it goes. But then I thought, oh, I'll just check out the trailer. And I went, you know what? I am in. I'm ready <laughs> to go for this. And it's all the small moments that I quite liked. You know, Carrie Ann Moss just looking unbelievable and them both still having that kind of connection. Neil Patrick Harris just having like one line and seeming to make a mark. And uh, I don't know. I got pretty excited. Yeah, me too. I mean, I love Keanu Reeves, <laughs> yeah. so I wish the best for him in every Absolutely. situation. So. <laughs> he is Jesus. Kung Fu Jesus. I loved that they had a conceit for them getting older. They didn't try to de-age yes. them or anything ridiculous yeah. like that. And it gave them a way to go like do a little time travely kind of yeah revisit the best bits of what it was without having to you know necessarily hang on to you know some of the yeah. worst bits of the second and the third yeah. one i think which seems like a good decision yes. i like that they were not um no they were like no this is our yeah. vision and the fourth one is going to be continuation if you have not seen and understood the second and third ones this is going to be incomprehensible yeah. to you no, no they've clearly gone you know what, we're going to take you back to the one you've all yeah, seen. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be fine. And it, it was, it's a really good idea. And I'm excited. And, yeah. you know, she's uh, an interesting woman who has gone through an interesting life. And, you know, I don't like all of the stuff that she's made, but I never walk out of there thinking, well, you could have given it more. <laughs> it's like, no, you no. have taken a big swing one of the weirdest movie experiences i've ever had was the movie cloud atlas which halfway uh, through i was ready to gnaw my face off i was like this is fucking awful and then there was just one bit because there's all these stories going on at the same time there was one bit where i was like and this 70s detective bullshit looks like a dumb fucking 70s tv show oh and then it was like oh it's that's what it's meant to look like and then i started watching all the different genres of the stories as not the stories but as the genres and then knowing their history of who they were and who they are now and having these people actors playing these characters across time and space it felt like they were making a real statement in this movie and it was like four days later it was like halfway through the film i'm gonna set myself on fire and fly myself into the sun uh, to oh i'm gonna get that on blu-ray <laughs> what a great feeling i don't think i ever saw cloud atlas i mean even the title puts me off like i don't want to see things with clouds in them and i'm not interested in atlases fuck atlases <laughs> so said it for years <laughs> <laughs> That's why I refuse to do his workout. <laughs> um, oh yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm yeah. excited about revisiting that universe and I'm excited about, like, the trailer looked like, it's well, it's going to be everything that we've come to expect. Like, hopefully there is some sort of cool mythology. It feels like they're playing with the whole blue pill, red pill thing a bit. Like, they acknowledge that the world has made 
that a very different thing to what it was when they first yeah did it right like and that must be hard as a filmmaker so something you've done in your universe so the red pill and the blue pill are so integral to you know the storyline and the universe of the matrix and which decision you make but in the meantime like the idea of red pilling you know has become you know synonymous with conspiracy theories and yeah you know cults and you know bad information and so the world has made a thing from your movie mean something differently yeah it must be an interesting challenge as a filmmaker to then go well how do we move because there'd be part of you that'd just be like fuck the world yeah this wasn't our intention we can just use it however we want to use it again in our franchise and ignore like what it means in the real world or is there some way that you can acknowledge it without, you know, stopping down and acknowledging it? Yeah, you know what they need to do. They need to go full Bono with the Beatles. Charlie Manson stole this one from the Beatles. We're stealing it back. <laughs> this yeah, is exactly. QAnon stole this from us. The Matrix is taking it back. When you get to the bottom, <laughs> you go back to the top of the slide and you get... You know, that's what they need to do with the moment, right? Yeah, and like to just so it's completely on the nose, Helter Skelter <laughs> kicks in. Yes, yes. In that moment. <laughs> but not being played by the Beatles no. or you two. No. Being played by Keanu Reeves' dog star. <laughs> you know what? I mean, I went from thinking it was funny to how much can I put in to be considered a producer. <laughs> so it was funny. I was talking about it with a pal of ours, Ben Elwood, uh, this week. And we were talking about how mind-blowing, you know, the first movie was. Especially when, essentially, I think I'd seen one trailer I'd seen the posters and I liked Keanu <laughs> and that's why I went. And then suddenly you're like, my eyes dripping out of my face. I was not expecting any of this, right? But he was showing a friend's uh, daughter who I think was seven, the first one, and she turned around to Ben and said, oh, yeah, you know what I like about this? It really makes sense. When they're in the Matrix, everything's green. All the colours in the background are green. And then when they're in, he's like fucking hell like it took Ben like four viewings to pick that up and there's a seven-year-old pointing out all the complexities of it so you 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 also think about bringing the movie back into that context of a world where fuck it's mainstream to talk about the multiverse like what is happening here you know all these ideas that were once fringe and and other are now in superhero films that people digest by the handful every year and not exclusively because of the Matrix, but a lot of it because of the Matrix and what the yeah. Matrix did. Yeah. Like the Matrix opened up that possibility of that, you know, sci-fi blockbuster, you know, style of movie. Yeah. And like it was so successful. Like the first one was so successful in a cultural sense, like in a that every action movie for the next fucking 20 years basically copied, you know, every single thing that they did in it. Like, it doesn't even surprise me that a seven-year-old understands that more quickly because a seven-year-old's probably, they probably had an episode of Bluey or something where like, you know, it was all green in one scene because they were, you know, like it was a nod to the Matrix. Like, so the kid probably has seen it. And like, in fact, some of the special effects and stuff probably wouldn't impress you know, somebody from this generation seeing it for the first time because right. they'd be like, oh, yeah, well, I've seen that slow motion thing or that, you know, hanging in the air thing or the whatever it is thing in other movies or them parroting The Matrix or paying tribute to The Matrix or just ripping off The Matrix. But remember going and seeing it 
and just going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> oh, I know. I know. And um, I was having that uh, double experience because that was the, the, the Grant Morrison comic, The Invisibles, was being published and they were heavily influenced by that. And it was one of the first times I'd seen something that I'd kind of read on the screen where you're going, Jesus, it's suddenly kind of these ideas are suddenly in this lower part of the zeitgeist that's bubbling away and being churned into these uh, products of entertainment. But, you know, you look at The Matrix, right? Do you, Like the X-Men before the first film, they, in the comics, wear bright, jangly colour costumes. And then suddenly... It's hot leather, you know, and suddenly that's palatable for future generations. You know, once we saw Neo flying in the second Matrix film, you looked at that and you went, here comes Superman. They can do Superman now. Yeah. Like, look look at this, <laughs> you know, and then suddenly they're, they're mind-blowing. Yeah, they work, they worked out a way to make people fly and it not look stupid. <laughs> yeah, like phenomenal. And here we are. It is... So interesting to me, the choice of leather, because just in a practical sense. Right. Like, they're doing a lot of karate and stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Like martial arts, and it just doesn't feel like leather is... Like, whenever I see, you know, martial artists, they tend to be wearing, like, quite pajamary clothing. Oh, you know, yeah. traditionally, that's the outfit, and yet in The Matrix, they were just like, nah, fuck that, we'll just make this harder. <laughs> we'll just put on tight leather pants. Yeah. Maybe maybe the dirty secret of the Matrix is that it's leather. Oh, and man, they would smell. Can oh, you imagine? They would stink. <laughs> they would stink. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's what people don't tell you about the Matrix, yeah. how fucking pongy it is because everyone's know. rocking around in leather sweating it up. Well, you can't talk about it that way either because people think you're looking down on them. <laughs> and I am. <laughs> I think about when I'm at my best mentally and just dealing with the various problems of life, I have this visual metaphor that I often rely on, which is like, I can see my problems. I, I imagine that scene with like Neo, just with the bullets coming towards and everything slowing down and that capacity to just be able to sort of see them and sort of push them yeah. out of the way. That's like when I feel like I'm in control of things, it's not like my life was, is without problems, but I can sort of just slow it all down enough to acknowledge that they are problems <laughs> and then just like kind of push them <laughs> off to deal with them where I need to deal with them. But like when I'm not, I am just getting fucking riddled with bullets. <laughs> so I watched The Suicide Squad. Oh, so um, where is that available? That is uh, uh, Apple TV maybe, through Apple TV. You know, okay. hire it for, yep. you know, 30 bucks or something like that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> was it was it better than the Suicide Squad? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like, I guess it is. Like, it definitely is. I just think there... I, I wonder three things. One is I think I maybe should have watched it with someone. I think it would have been more fun to be... Not allowed, Justin. It's against the, against the rules. Yeah, you no, I know. That's why I watched it by myself. I was sticking mm. by the law. Then it made me have a bad time. Uh, you know, because at least you could be talking through it or going, you know, and then, oh, <laughs> it takes you by surprise. But I also just 
you know, the advertising for it. What a great compliment for a movie, by the way. Isn't that giving something at least the benefit of the doubt? You go, I think I might have enjoyed this more if I'd been talking through it with a friend. <laughs> Looking out the window <laughs> with the sound down. <laughs> no, I, no, no, no. But you know that thing where, you know, something happens and you just have a little chat off the back of it kind of thing and, you know, you have a very different experience. And uh, But the other thing was that, you know, I think the advertising for it was a bit shitty. Like it, uh, it was... The first trailer was like from the depraved mind of, you know, James Dunn, you know, whatever. Uh, it's then I'm watching it. I'm, it doesn't feel that depraved to me. It just feels pretty violent, you know. So I think it, like, if you're going to give me depraved, give me fucking yeah. depraved, you know. From the depraved mind of Jeffrey Epstein. Or from the <laughs> depraved mind of Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. We've let him come back to produce this one film. Yeah. Because this is how depraved it's going to be. Yeah. Like, like lean into depraved. It's bad advertising. Yeah. And then also they ruined one of their best jokes in the, in the trailer. So in the lead up to it, it just feels like this really long build up to something you've already seen in the trailer. And then when it plays out, it plays exactly like the trailer. Oh. And it's oh, like, no. and I reckon it was, I, I know it was funny when I saw it in the trailer. Uh, I reckon I would have really enjoyed it if I'd seen it in the context of the film. Right. Yeah. Like, why put in the laborious build-up unless the punchline is going to be a surprise that pays off? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, if you can get the punchline across in five seconds for a trailer, you can probably get it across in five seconds for the movie and move on. Yeah, and everyone will have had a good time. You know what Raiders of the Lost Ark didn't need? A long sword fight with a guy with a whip. Right. Everyone remembers that because it took two seconds. <laughs> so a bit more of that. I just, I, it, I feel like that property, it just isn't, like the, the movie felt like the, that really brilliant moment in Deadpool 2 when he, you meet the X-Force team and then you lose them so quickly. <laughs> and, and it's not only funny the first time you see it, it's even funnier the second time because you, you clock a bit of dialogue that you just, don't really care about the first time, which is the pilot saying to Deadpool, hey, it seems a bit windy up here. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Deadpool's like, no, it'll be fine. And then they all end up dead because of the wind. So that to me is like when, when something can hit you as funny from two different directions, like that is brilliant to me. So I just felt like it needed a bit more of that. Yeah. Take some swings. Yeah. Make some big, bold choices. Yeah. Like, if you can't make big, big bold choices in a suicide, suicide Squad movie, where can you make them? Yeah. And I felt like there's... People would argue and say, you know, oh, the, the villain is a giant starfish, you know, and stuff like that. But even that, that, that to me feels like safe crazy. Like, that's a little bit like, and it's a giant starfish called yeah, that Starro. Sounds, that sounds dumb. Like, if someone was in a movie with me and said, and the villain is a giant starfish, I wouldn't be like, can I have some of your magic mushrooms? That is a bold choice. You have a depraved mind. <laughs> I'd be like, that is dumb. You, that, you have a dumb idea. Come back with a better idea. When has a starfish ever been the answer to any question in the affirmative? Fuck off, mate. Unless, what is this? A starfish. Why is it funny? I don't really Why know. Is, like, a starfish isn't funny. It's not terrifying. Well, it's, a, it's not funny. Well, it's an alien starfish in its defense called so? Starro. And it shoots, Don't care. shoots little Starros out of its, its vagina-like armpit. That is, like, the dumbest idea I've ever heard in my life. First villain of the Justice League of America, too, for those nerds out there keeping count. I'm across was it. Was a starfish. Yep. 
called Star when, when was that? The 50s. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We've got better ideas now. Don't do some dumb idea that people thought was... You know, it's, you know what? Starfish probably were terrifying in the 1950s, but yeah. it's 2020. Yeah. We're in a global pandemic. You expect yeah. me to be terrified of fucking starfish? No, thank you. Well, I think it's meant to be funny. Make it a chocolate starfish. Have a bold choice. Yeah, have Adam Thompson appear out of nowhere. Yeah, of chocolate starfish. <laughs> the Australian band chocolate starfish. <laughs> You're so vain. You think this movie was about, yeah. <laughs> that would be better. <laughs> there is one funny, there is, uh, are you going to see it? No, I mean, I don't, yeah, but I don't care. No. Like, there's, there, there was, this is a movie that's clearly improved by talking about it with your friends. Yeah, so yeah. Let's do that <laughs> now, let, 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 and yeah. then maybe I'll watch it. You can play, you can play grabs of this while you're watching, just at moments exactly. where you need a little voice to break everything up. There's one villain who has mum issues, and that I did find that genuinely hilarious the way it played out. I won't tell you which character, but it okay. it does play out in pretty funny ways. But, All right. Okay. And you know, like John Cena, like there's. I think that's part of the problem is sometimes when something's fine, that's more frustrating than when something is a train wreck, you know, and you've gone, well, you really went for that. <laughs> and that's not going to be for everyone. But I, but this just felt, it, to me, it just felt a bit like, we're going to be crazy. <laughs> and, so is James Gunn good or not? Because... I didn't love the first Guardians, but you know it. It is a space movie, and I yeah. don't like space movies. So, yeah. But the second Guardians, by any estimation, is fine. Fine, right? Yeah. That is absolutely fine, and this movie is fine. What has he done that is great? Does he do great things, or is he just fine? Uh, I think he like. I don't really know a lot of his work outside of it. Now he started off more indie. And so he was a bit of a darling in, in okay. that circuit. And then, you know, like a lot of Marvel directors who are getting some nice buzz, you know, in the indie scene. And then they get brought straight into the superhero universe to bring a little bit of the taste of what they do, which they've had, ex like, has been an extremely successful move because you get the Russo brothers in, you get Taika, like Taika, seismic changes to Thor, whether you liked them or not, have still been felt all the way through the universe. And Guardians of the Galaxy kind of did that as well. But uh, yeah, all I right. don't know. The movies are Here we go. This is his um, uh, catalogue. Okay. So in 1996, he was a writer on Tromeo and Juliet. Oh, yeah. Uh, 2000, he was a writer on the specials. 2002, he was a writer on Scooby-Doo and Dawn of the Dead. 2004. Sorry, is that the same show or is that two different shows? <laughs> that would be the best movie do. <laughs> yeah. The Dawn of the Dead. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Shaggy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Shaggy and Scooby after too many Scooby snacks discovering that Velma and are all zombies. Zombies. <laughs> yeah, but they're so, they're so off their gourd that they still go and have adventures with them. Well, weirdly enough, in 2004, <laughs> he was a writer for a movie called Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed. Oh, so, yeah, right. <laughs> Great. Uh, oh, okay. So his first movie that he has directed is in 2006, the movie Slither. Oh, yes, yes, right. 
I did know that. I'd forgotten. Okay, so Slither, <laughs> uh, then a movie called Super. Oh, yeah. Yeah, with what's-his-name from The Office. Oh, yeah, that's right, Rain Wilson. And then he did Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yeah, yeah. it was pretty early on in his directing. So then he did... Uh, he was a writer on the Belco Experiment. He did Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Uh, he did the Suicide Squad Guardians of the Galaxy 3 is coming. Coming, yeah. Yeah, okay. So, so actually, he hasn't really done that much stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I don't mind uh, the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I think it's a pretty audacious move to finish one of those movies with a, with a dance-off. <laughs> Like it just so sometimes I'll enjoy an idea, not necessarily for the way that it played out, but just for thinking about the writer's room and everyone pitching their ideas and then one by one people going, you know what? Footloose. Yeah, a dance-off. <laughs> See, that, that's what offends me about the Starfish. There were several people in that writer's room. Oh, yeah. And not one of them was like, this is a dumb idea. <sighs> I wasn't into it. It was disappointing too. Uh, there, there was just enough, uh, just enough good things for you to go. Uh, you know what I did watch last night as a as a double because mm. I just want to lean into how weird our existence is at the moment. I watched a double of the Disney film Wally, and then I followed it up with David Lynch's Eraserhead. Wow. I did not find them to be that different. It <laughs> 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 probably says something about my life at the moment. Um, which did you? find more a vision of a dystopian future well i would say the you know i was getting to a point with wally where i was like is this like some sadistic sequel to the lorax like this is <laughs> fucking full on and i'm just not really sure that the end like i think it's great this is not a criticism yeah. but emotionally i'm like is it good that humans go back to earth or should like maybe nature just get an opportunity to have a comeback before these arseholes start going, okay, we fixed everything, right, Cole? <laughs> you know, so it's a, you know, it's a very utopian idea that, hey, we've all learned our lessons, even though we're massive fat blobs that have had everything done for us. Look, we can plant again and we're going to be better. So that was a bit weird. Whereas, yeah, here's the one thing I can guarantee you. We have not learned our lessons. No. Lessons have not been learned. None. None. There are constantly lessons all over the place and we are at best acknowledging those lessons. We're certainly not learning anything from them. We're like a superstar athlete who's lost a couple of championships but doesn't give a fuck. He's mm. going to keep shooting. Like, that's what yeah. is. <laughs> that's right. Human... I've got this, don't Human you worry. Beings. We're just trying to get our hot hand back yeah. and we are just progressively doing worse. Yeah, we're the fourth best player on the Lakers looking at LeBron saying, look, I know this is close, give but just let me... <laughs> I got this. It's about time to let this chemist get in and uh, start mixing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <Get in me. laughs> that is Earth. <laughs> all these other, that's humans. And all the rest of these aspects are going, you know, we could actually fix this if you gave us a second. Just give us a second. But anyway, I think Eraserhead made me feel more like I was living a dream of it, it felt like a dream where you wake up and you go, oh, my God, life was better then. Because <laughs> it's so nightmarish, but you can imagine the person dreaming it might be in a worse place. Um, have you watched uh, the latest episode of Ted Lasso yet? Mate, catnip. 
that shit is catnip to this arsehole. It is wall-to-wall father issues, and I am fucking here. Give that to me. Serve it up. You don't even have to heat it all the way. Can I have a glass of water, please? (laughs) Well, it's not not even father issues. It's all relationship issues. (laughs) All all relationship, but heavy It's all men in particular in their relationships, but not just men. Like, you know, but... Certainly, the thing that it's doing with men and, you know, their problematic relationships with fucking everybody. Yeah. And then trying to break that shit down and, you know, the, the, I mean, it sometimes feels so simplistic and yet it's dealing with something that is so complex. Oh, well, like what other show fucking constantly serves you this idea that your characters are one thing and then just does its best to convince you that although they may well be that one thing and they are also complete. Like, I mean, again, I don't, I don't really want to spoil any no, I major plot, plot points. Yeah. Just one that I can talk about that doesn't really spoil anything. There's like a, in any other show would be like a C story or a D story in the episode, like, which is about uh, grumpy Roy Kent. And the fact that, like, his you know niece who adores him yeah. has started swearing at school <laughs> because, like, you know, she adores him and yeah. he swears all the time. Yeah, and he can't work and, out how she's getting this language. <laughs> right. And it is just such a lovely portrait because this series has been about, like, from his character's point of view, it's like, yes, it's legitimate for him to be himself. Like, he was trapped in a job that he did not enjoy. Like part of the series has been about him finding his spot and his role and him able to be who he is. And yet at the same time, there's been a couple of storylines about how he's had to then come to a compromise about how him being him affects other people. Right. Which is just in society, we hear so much like about this idea of empowering yourself or, you know, these sort of things like, you know, you got to look after yourself, but this show really explores both the power of like, you know, being comfortable with who you are and that being an okay thing, but also the ramifications of how that might, you know, impact other people in good ways and in like terrible ways. Oh yeah. And I just loved the, like the reconciliation of this like minor story in the show, which is very much about him explaining to her that it's like, you know, in in a good way that it's okay for him and it's not okay for her. And she kind of gets why. And it's just like, what is this show? <laughs> yeah, right. No, it's uh, it's it's a really audacious uh, bit of storytelling, I reckon, to take a part of your character that is so beloved and always funny and break it down as to why he always does that as a response to when he doesn't want to get real. And then to see him now do it and it's not quite as funny I have confidence that they're going to do something where they're going to make it okay to be funny again. And then I'm going to kick my TV with excitement because it has been, <laughs> it has been that thing where you can watch it like, and there's nothing wrong with this on the surface and have a really good time. But if you think about it and you think and you want to, you know, dig into it, there are connections between characters that you can easily forget are happening at any given moment in any scene. And it is phenomenal. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I, you know, it's getting a lot of accolades and now it's getting the predictable pushback and I'm just happy to sit right in the middle and say, I just needed this now. Yeah, I, I just love how they play things for comedy. Yeah. But every like every character is always facing some sort of obstacle and they're all real obstacles. They may sometimes like express them comedically and then occasionally they 
don't express them comedically. They express them in a very fucking real sense, like another storyline that, well, actually there's a couple of really fucking strong storylines yeah. in this particular episode. Yeah. Like, but it's kind of this like show about, that on the surface presents as being this like, you know, look at this like perfect coach or who's always got something, you know, perfect to say and it's this little fun fable. And yet, man, like I just think at the moment, for me, I feel like like I'm constantly going, oh man, I fuck so, I, I've tried really hard to, you know, be a good person mostly. And I've still fucked up heaps of shit in my life. And sometimes you try your best and things don't work out. And like, you know, or, you know, what is a good thing to one person is perceived as being a bad thing to somebody else. Oh, yeah. You know, you, yeah, all those sort of things. Like, you know, all the, yeah. like, you know, because people are all different. And this show really, to me, recognizes that, that what some person might find really appealing about you does not mean that doesn't give that value as, as it being an inherently good quality, right? Yeah. Like if if your relationship with one of your friends is bitching about other people and it just is fun and self-contained and that is, it, it's fun, then I don't think that's a necessarily a terrible thing. But if that's your like personality all over the place, right? then it probably is a really poisonous thing, right? Yeah. And somebody else might not react in the same way. It's like there might be someone in your life you can kind of you know, have a bit of mean-spirited gossip that like, you know, kind of gets the pressure off or whatever it is. But if that doesn't mean that you can expect everybody else to respond to you in the same way if you were that person 24-7 to everybody else. Yeah. And that's what I love about the show. It kind of acknowledges that some of these things aren't, aren't inherently evil flaws like the message of this episode wasn't that roy kent has to stop swearing because now he has a niece who he respects him yeah right yeah that, that which traditionally would have been the storyline yeah for the Whereas whole episode like now, that was it's like two him scenes. going no no it's okay for me to be me but it's not okay for you to pick up this bit of me and i'm gonna have to think about how we negotiate that and yeah. i think that's i love that yeah you better fix that fucking wand <laughs> <laughs> That is for me. So there's there's two things that I think it's a, a stroke of genius. Uh, like I think the pilot does uh, times its two most important shots for the very end perfectly where you're sitting there going, yeah, this is all fine and that, but it's just one of those, it, it feels a little bit at the start. Hey, imagine if an American coach had to come over and look after a Premier League team. Wee. But then they do two things at the end of the pilot that make you go, oh, shit, I was watching this. Like, I was enjoying it, but now I'm invested. Then yeah. the character of Roy Kent, always being grumpy, always being gruff, and kids seeing straight through and loving him is a stroke of genius as a choice for storytelling, I think. I just think that is the funniest thing when he growled at that little boy last week and the little boy was like, yes. <laughs> I just think it's a funny dynamic. Um, well, I mean, even the idea that they've set up like at the start, a cliched kind of unpopular character, yeah. like the, the arrogant player who believes in himself too much and whatever, like, you know, which we've seen again a million times. Yeah. And then they just spend a lot of time showing you why that person might actually be that person yeah. in a way that like eventually you just go, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh wow. This is really fucking real and brutal. Yeah. 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 So who, who is the character that you're, I'm not saying your favorite character. Who's the one that you're most interested in as to what's going to happen next with them? Oh, 
That's interesting. Do you know what I mean? Because um, they're those kinds of characters, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm very interested in next week's episode, which is Coach Beard's having a night out uh, do on the town. So are we allowed to say theories here? Well, I think we're. I think because it hasn't oh, no yeah, yeah. seen it, yeah. I think this is pure speculation and we don't even have to say too much. Like, yeah, of course. Okay, absolutely. so uh, I caught up with our pal uh, Adam Richard this morning, went for a walk and we were talking about the episode and then he said his uh, partner, Gary, said... I reckon he's going to die next week. What? Yeah, I know. I was so angry. I I sent a a very stern message back to Gary through Adam, and I before I left Adam, I reminded him to make sure that he passed it on. And now oh I've done God. it to you. Oh no, that's hurt me. That's like I've watched The Ring. I feel like yeah. I've just watched that video <laughs> in The Ring, and now in seven days, yeah. something really terrible is going to happen. Because you know why? Because as he's walking off, Ted says, yes. you know, be careful. And Gary says, oh, that's like foreshadowing. And then Adam told me, and anyway, let's go and fight Gary. Oh, <laughs> if that happens, that is going to hurt me because he is such a funny character. Right. Like, such a funny character. I am not in the mood. For man tears next Friday. Fuck that. I'm saving them for Monday when I turn 49. The uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've got man tears once a month. That's my thing. <laughs> I don't want to waste it. <laughs> um, so the character I'm most fascinated by is um, oh, I'm just drawing a blank on his name. God damn it. Oh, Nate. Because Nate is like not only is his story fascinating to me because you can see the sins of the father and the way he was yeah. treated and treated throughout his life manifesting in the most awful of ways even though i think he's essentially a good guy he just doesn't know how to he's never been put in a position like this before and he doesn't know how to wield it except by the examples he's been given by those in authority over him throughout his life and he kind of knows it's not right and he doesn't quite know how to deal with it but i also find him to be a metaphor for 97% of the comedians I've ever met in the comedy scene because he is essentially what we all are, outcasts, loners, weirdos who then suddenly end up in this cult-like place called the comedy scene and you get a little bit of power and it's like, I'm going to do everything. (laughs) So I feel like Nate is a metaphor and an interesting character on his own. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I mean, you're right. I mean, classic daddy issues, definitely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but absolutely what you're saying, which is the nerdy person who never got attention, who suddenly gets attention. He's fascinated by it. He, yeah. He's reading his social media yeah. feeds. He's oh. lapping up the attention and the power that's coming with it. But Hard to look at sh- when he's reading those. Oh, like, cause, like because oh. it feels real. Yeah. Like, it's a real moment. You can understand somebody who's suddenly got that power. And also in the show's storyline, there are things that are threatening that power. Yeah. You know, other players coming back. I'm trying to be a bit general about yeah. it. But like, so he's in a period of like suddenly having a bit of this like, you know, fame and attention that he's never had in his entire life. Like he's he just wants so desperately to impress his father. Like that's oh. all that he needs in his fucking life like yeah but what i love is he was introduced to the show as almost this like magical idiot right right like you know he was almost the most sympathetic character yeah in the first season like you know the 
the, the the kid who was doing everything he could in the change rooms for the team who gets promoted to who gets picked you know, on as well and kind of absolutely jokes. picked yeah. on you know who gets to that and again hurt people hurt people you know you're much more likely to be a bully if you were bullied yourself you know and so I think that the idea that they've just gone all right well here's one that you think this about now we're going to wreck him for you like in a really realistic way but yes the fact that you know they take these characters yeah. and they, you know, subvert your expectations of what they are. And look, I, the whole plan that I've heard is it's three seasons. So you imagine there's going to be like a, this season is, you know, Empire Strikes Back. Well, like, but the end of the first season, it isn't exactly Star Wars. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, okay, it's going to be just like the first Star Wars trilogy, but the first two seasons are going to end like the Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> <laughs> like a little taste at the end of the first, I, you know, it's kind of bittersweet kind of thing, but uh, yeah, right. I didn't know that. It, it feels like in a good way, it feels like a finite show. Yeah. Um, I reckon three seasons, it'd be great. Yeah. If they managed to nail the landing, cause I don't want to have to see like to really keep it going. Like you'd have to kind of introduce new characters and yeah. different, Yeah, like the world's good. I like these characters. I like how they all interact. I think there's probably only a limited amount of storylines and story arcs that you can show me. So show me, yeah, give me one at the end where they're successful, by the way. Like, oh, yeah. I don't want you to subvert it that much. Yeah. Like, I definitely want in the third season to whatever happens for them to, for it to all work out, like, at least well, some, some of it to work out well. Yeah. Please give me that. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. I don't need all of it, but, you know. No. Like I need this, I need a certain two characters to stay together. I need a certain two characters in different age groups to stay mates. Uh, I need a character to get his office finally. Uh, I need I need a character to finally break up with that awful woman and get together with someone nice. I want one character's dad to be kind of nice. That could fit anyone, not just the person we were talking about. <laughs> just, anyway, <laughs> all of that that would be good. Yeah, yeah, have yeah. you have you seen? Uh, I know you don't. So when you say you don't like space stuff, mm. do you mean all anything set in space, or do you mean um, like like where do you sit on Apollo thirteen? I know you might not have seen the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Serving is that, me well. Um, <laughs> is that Tom Hanks? No, it's Justin Hamilton. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no, it's Tom Hanks. Sorry, I thought you... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Happens all the time. <laughs> um, uh, I think I thought it was fine. Yeah. So... Is a lot of that in space? Yeah, I know yeah. it's about going to space. Is it? Is it all like in the... There's a lot of space. Is it all like, oh, there's something wrong with the rocket. Oh, shit, well, I've got to float over here to fix something. Is it, is it that sort of movie? Well, it, like, you're not entirely wrong, but it did happen. <laughs> like, it, it was it was a story that oh, yeah, really no, happened. I'm, yeah. I'm familiar that it happened, but <laughs> right. is the movie... I'm just asking, is the movie just a bunch of guys floating around in a confined space going, I've got to screw this in. Oh, something blow, is blowing out. Up no, no, there's people on the ground as well. And that, are they in like a control sort of room just being like, oh, what's no, happening well, with the Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's also wives watching at, at home. home. Yeah, worrying. yeah. But anyway, so. <laughs> sounds great. Sounds like a really good movie. Well, I, I, I've watched the first five episodes of For All Mankind on Apple uh -huh. TV and have been, it's it's like 
Space Madman <laughs> and the uh, I've I've been kind of blown away at how good it is. Like it was one of those things that I just thought I'll give it a bit of a crack, and it was exceptional. So is it like based on Apollo thirteen? No, nah, you, you oh you don't know what the no premise is. Oh, okay. So this is why I'm asking because I feel like the premise might appeal. This is about the space race. But oh, in- that's right. Now you told me this. The Russians, <sighs> the Russians get to the moon first. You know, sometimes you just take the theater out of everything. Uh, no, no, no. I think you told me on the podcast last time. Oh, I did I? Just oh, okay. Yeah. Well, thank goodness. I'm starting to run out of things to talk about. This is lockdown fever. <laughs> <laughs> Have I told you about Saturday Night Fever yet? <laughs> but anyway, for for all mankind is like the the, the endings to the the ending to the second episode made me laugh out loud because of. Like, it does a really good job of exploring what happens to American psyche when they don't get there first. And it's still the ramifications and the knock-on effect of certain people, you know, decide not to stay at Chappaquiddick, you know, that weekend and stuff like that, you know. It's good. It's really, really good. I mean, it's interesting to see because, like, obviously one of the biggest advantages and disadvantages of America is American exceptionalism. Right, they yes. believe that they are the best in the world at everything, and that has, like, been advantageous to them in a lot of ways. It has actually been one of those things, like, you know, no wonder so many of them are into the secret and things that are just the secret dressed up as other things, because, you know, that idea that like if you believe you are number one, you will be number one has actually right. been integral to the American story. But also, one of the most damaging things I found when I was living there was that American exceptionalism hurts them in so many degrees because they won't acknowledge that their medical system isn't world-class because they just believe that it's America and, you know, their medical system is the number one one in the world. And so if they didn't make it to the moon first, I wonder if that would, like, if the... Because it is such a pivotal thing, isn't it? Like, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And for no real reason, because it's not like we found heaps of good stuff on the moon. Yeah. Like it's, it doesn't, it's the old... in retrospect, it doesn't really matter who makes it there first or second, does it? Like if you've both got the capacity to make it there, then it doesn't really yeah. matter if somebody did it like three months earlier or not. Who cares? Yeah. Well, in the real world, it was the ultimate dick swing. Yeah. Like that'll never, look what we did. But I mean, it really is, <laughs> look what we did, is what I'm yeah, saying. that's it. Like, yeah, it's not like the Americans got up to the moon, found all this, like, fucking amazing shit and brought it back home and they were like, that's why we're number one. It's literally just that they got there first. Yeah. And then you what know, happened? There's been some exploration. Know, you they, know, they've learned some stuff about the moon and... Yeah, I mean, but not... And... Like, but nothing that is, like, differentiated those countries in, in terms of their advancement, right? No, like, it doesn't really, really matter one way or the other if you made it to the moon first. What I'm saying yeah. is it's overrated. It's right. overrated as a measuring stick. Well, you should watch this TV series because it turns out <laughs> <laughs> a certain country doesn't cope very well with coming in at number two. Yeah, but I would have been there going, dudes, who cares? We, yeah, we can still do it. We yeah. got there a bit later. It didn't ruin. Yeah. Mate, you were going... Also, you the there's nothing two- good there, mate. Like a few experiments, we'll learn a few things, but nothing major. Like, Mate, well, this is where things change. <laughs> Because <laughs> I had the wrong attitude. That's why. Right. Just really right. chill. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, Whatever, mate. What's your rush? We'll get there too. Yeah. We, 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 it was great. We saw your photos of it. Like, there's nothing there, mate. Yeah. We're at Disneyland. You've been at Disneyland. Yeah. It's heaps better than the moon. 
Look, there's a, uh, a fake Eiffel Tower. Oh, no, that's Las Vegas, isn't it? <laughs> well, you know what? Vegas, Vegas is better whatever. than the moon. Keep naming yeah. places. Most of yeah. them heaps better than the moon. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you don't have to wear a hat in Vegas. Don't have to. I mean, that get burnt. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty fucking hot in the desert if you go yeah. outside at any stage. I probably would wear a hat. Yeah, but no, you don't have to wear a. I recommend you don't have it. to wear a suit. Not a yeah. full body suit. No. Yeah. Although you, you could, and nobody would really <laughs> raise an eyebrow. No, 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 no. And you would cut out those UV lights, <laughs> but uh, you will sweat. <laughs> you will smell like those Matrix <laughs> jackets <laughs> within an hour and a half. I mean, I can imagine because, like, there is something, you know unfortunate about the idea that like gambling can be so addictive that you know you hear stories of people not wanting to leave their table or their machine to go to the bathroom because they're on like a streak or they feel like you know the luck's about to change and people will you know urinate in the spot where they stand or sit maybe there is some remember there there was that astronaut who like wore you drove across the country to oh yeah and like she wore like adult nappies like for the entire journey so she didn't have to Stop at any point. So what I'm saying is, I'm sure there's people rocking around Vegas doing that sort of shit already. Go to Vegas. Yeah, go to Vegas. But here's more fun. Yeah. Play the tables. <laughs> the, the moon's dumb. Go to Vegas. That would have been my advice. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. firstly, that starfish is dumb. Secondly, yeah. the moon yeah. is pretty dumb. You can see it like, from here, to be honest. It comes out every night. There it is. Didn't need to go there. Know what it looks like. Clear skies. You can right. see it. You can see it's so beautiful. Get a telescope, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. Get a telescope. Maybe you wouldn't like the show. <laughs> Just yelling at the screen. Just what do you even furious. want to go, you dummies? It's dumb. Did you did you hear the what the rumor is on the new Christopher Nolan movie? Uh that he No, I don't know. What's the rumor? It's, so it looks like he might be making uh, a World War Two movie about Oppenheimer's uh, creation of the atomic bomb. How much war would be in it, do you think? Like... Do you think there's going to be heaps of war in it? Well, I don't know. It might be more like a spy movie, right? I think I don't mind bombs. I'm fine with bombs. So yeah. If they, if, like, they lean That's in, good to hear. If they lean into the bomb. <laughs> yep. Got a few shows I've uh, recorded over the years that you can check out. <laughs> Me too. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it might be. A sp- I felt like it might be more like a espionage spy. I hope so. Like a, like a, like he loves Bond. Yeah. So like a realistic Bond kind of film. He also likes war though, and making war movies. I reckon Dunkirk might actually be his technically best film. Mm, technically. <laughs> no, no, yeah, like there's like you know. All the way with the Interstellar baby. Yeah, I've got, I've got it tattooed across my shoulders. All I would my, say in is, my mind, I hope you've got it out of your system, Christopher. <laughs> I don't want right. to be. I don't want to be coming to see this bomb movie and suddenly I'm having to sit through twenty minutes of war just because you like fucking shooting wars. Technically, why don't you like war movies? I don't know. Is I don't like war movies and I don't like space movies and I don't like underwater movies. I don't like underwater movies either. Yeah. See, well, that feeling you have for underwater movies, I also have that for war movies and space movies. Well, I don't like underwater movies because I don't like swimming and I don't like water on my face and it makes me feel panicky. So is that what you're saying about war, son? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Oh, no, that makes sense, actually. And space. (laughs) And I panicked. All of those things. You may have worked it out. Um, I had... uh, 
so I've got some extra information for you. I can't believe oh. I hadn't told you. So for people listening, uh, last Saturday, I got accidentally mistaken for a Virginia Tech University oh, yes. college football team uh, uh, coach. And uh, I got so many messages that I had to reply to them. And I had to say, uh, thank you so much for all of your kind words. I just need to point out. Uh, I am not that coach, but um, more than willing to take the accolades. Really proud of our team. Go Hokies, you know, go real coach Hamilton. And then I put up a gif of Coach Taylor, you know. <laughs> for a while, anyway, so I put that up and didn't think anything more of it. And it turns out I now have hundreds more followers because people really loved it. And then they started writing to me. I've been offered a ticket to go to a game if I can make it over Are you there. Are serious? Yeah, uh, they're trying to get me on local radio. I know our QB is Braxton Burmeister. He's originally from Oregon. I know we've Braxton got Trey Turner. Braxton Burmeister. Tell me the, yep. te now tell me more about the team that you, you're coach of. Well, I'm only just starting to learn about the Hokies. The Hokies or the Hokies? Hokies. H-O-K-I-E-S. The Hokies. Yep. What is, what's a Hokie? Well, it's the opposite of a Pokey. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> I might need a little nap after that. Do, do um, you know what a hokey is, though? No, not yet. No, okay. but I do know that they... Uh, so, two things mm -hmm. that I've picked up so far that make me laugh. One is... You shake your keys on a third down when we're in defence to make more noise in the stadium to put the okay. opposing team off. Yeah. So you shake your keys. But the other thing is, is a couple of them, when I was asking them about who they were playing, uh, one guy said, ah, oh, it's one of those direction teams. And I was like, oh, I don't even really know yeah. what that means. So I had to Google it and direction team, it just said uh, it's making fun of, Schools that have a direction in their name. Oh, so, so North Carolina or something. North Carolina direction team. <laughs> I just thought that was a. I don't quite know what it like means. I guess, <laughs> no, I, know, I guess I know it's like an insult of some kind that I don't yeah. fully understand. <laughs> Not at all. Oh God! Imagine if it's really bad. Yeah. Oh, uh, I take back everything. Awful. Anyway, so it's just one of those things where it's like, what a funny. What a funny thing to go. Oh, they're, they're North Carolina. Ugh. You want to be in Carolina. I wonder if they're, uh, I wonder if the insult goes the other way. But anyway, and I looked up yeah. what this guy looks I, I'm like. I'm sure they're all going around going, oh, one of those non direction teams. Imagine yeah. living in a place yeah. where they didn't even tell you which bit of the place. Yeah, how would you know where to meet? Yeah. Wouldn't know where you're going. Well, just in the middle of Virginia. Well, I live in West Virginia, my friend. Yeah. I know exactly where I am at any point of the day and the compass. So <laughs> the <laughs> So anyway, so I looked up this uh, coach and we look we actually look quite alike if I was much taller with better cheekbones and uh, better eyesight and a nice wife and three kids. But I How love that those old is he? Uh, you know, like not this old. Like, like he if he's this age, I will honestly burst into tears because it's like <laughs> he, is, he is fit. That is two thumbs up from uh, Coach Hamo in uh, Australia. But I 
I love that a whole lot of people went, oh, that must be our coach. And they were looking at my Twitter handle and there's a little picture of me in the style of Dave Gibbons Watchmen and then a broader picture of a still from Interstellar and they went, yep, that's our Virginia that's our coach. coach. <laughs> and started sending me Loves messages. Interstellar. Won't stop Loves talking it. about it pre-game. Yep, plays the music over the speakers <laughs> when the team comes out. <laughs> I mean, so you've been invited to one of the games. Do you know how many people they get at these games? Because obviously you see... Yeah, the footage of like college football, like, you know, where teams get, you know, tens of thousands of people at yeah, these games. it looks it's, big. Yeah. It looks really big. Uh, I've only uh, had a little bit of an opportunity to check out some of it, but it is, uh, you know, it's <laughs> it's one of those places that in Australia it'd be like a major destination and over there it's the college teams. <laughs> Uh, fucking place but uh, there's a couple of people that are trying to get me on the radio show and uh, that covers the team and my goal is if they get into like a a rose bowl or whatever they play off in that i can make it over there and i can give the pre-show speech because this is everything i've been working towards because you know what this is this is a game of inches and we are in the moment and this is an opportunity for you to not only achieve something with these other men these friends now but in the future you'll be able to look at each other and know that you were there together and we did this and this isn't about i this is about you this is about me this is about everyone we're going to go out there and we are going to remember this for the rest of our lives i've come from sydney Go Hokies. <laughs> <laughs> like it's a work in progress, but uh, that's the general vibe I'm going for. Coach Hamilton's like, I actually thought he was going to do something funny. He's a comedian. Yeah. I really <laughs> thought he was going to like talk about snot flying out of his nose or something. Yeah, yeah, I really, yeah, yeah. I watched his videos online. They were hilarious. I thought the boys would really enjoy that. And he's gone with the full on inspirational speech. Yeah, this is at the end of year awards ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's there to get pumped up. They're there to get drunk and get some awards. Yeah, it's the corporate. We flew you over yeah. here. No, I'm pitching for later. Like, uh, do you want to keep me? You spare <laughs> Coach Hamilton for on the road. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other Coach Hamilton, you know, he deserves some time off. He's looking good. You could be the Nate the Great of uh, this story. You I, know, I thought I could be. who goes over there. And yeah. like, you know, starts as sort of like, you know, it's this sort of joke, you know, you have the same name, you're on the college yeah. you know, radio together, but suddenly, you know, it turns out that you just have an incredible eye for the game, yeah. the game. And, you know, they're like, maybe you actually should come onto the team. Yeah. First thing I'd say is let's not run the ball. Let's always throw it on yeah. the first down. Let's try and make up some uh, inches as early as possible you've heard of ted lasso i'm jay hammo let's take this to network tv and uh, make some coin <laughs> just offshoots of ted lasso in other places like just taking other sports dumping yeah. them in a sport they don't know each time just watering down the product <laughs> suddenly it's barassi coaching a hurling team <laughs> oh ron barasso yeah ron barasso I love that show, Ron Barrasso. <laughs> yeah. Dead Lasso, Jay Hamo, Ron Barrasso. I've got them all. Uh, well, Justin, thank you very much for doing this. We'll keep it tight today because we've been having a couple of internet issues. So, um, Yeah, no worries. Uh, Big Squid is your podcast. People can uh, listen to that. Yeah, we just finished up uh, the fourth season and just uh, – taking a couple of weeks to put some things together then we'll be back with our fifth season ben and i are going to do a deep dive on david lynch oh, yeah. <laughs> so that's why i was watching mm -hmm. a race ahead last night and we're also going to 
kickstart um a series on the same feed which is space podacy which will be all sci-fi movies who sings kickstart my heart is that motley crew yes yeah they played that on the footy last night and i was like this is an interesting choice right. like for like motley crew like you know channel seven family friendly spot you know friday night and they're rolling out things have changed kickstart my heart i was like is this yeah doesn't even feel like it's retro like it was a real just really paid attention to it like i mean yeah. they always play like rock and roll music like out of the breaks and stuff but i was like it's just kickstart my heart <laughs> like they're playing motley crew uh, so you know I, I think once i saw a sport i uh, forget what it was play anarchy in the uk and you're like Things just like, yeah. huh? What happened? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's, yeah. Mum, are they playing too drunk to fuck over the footy highlights? Yeah, I right. guess that's the world we live that, in. That's where we're at now. Um, so thank you for that. And uh, of course, Question Everything is a show that we are both working on. You can watch the old episodes on ABC iView or you can watch it uh, live on the ABC 8.30 on a Wednesday night. You can find that. It's going to be a fun episode this week we have aaron chan we have alice fraser and we have alexi toliopoulos uh back i'm not going to give anything away but alexi and i have been talking and we have some seriously funny shit to throw you away on on the show <laughs> like we we had a little well, chat and good. that little chat went for about an hour and i was laughing so hard so looking forward to unleashing him onto okay. you on tuesday <laughs> Good stuff. That That's going to be absolutely fun. So please tune in uh, and share that around if you've been liking that show as well. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you, Justin Hamilton. Thank you.